Welcome to Learning to Live, where I talk about what I'm currently learning. Come join me in learning how to live a quality life. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. I'm not a medical doctor, and this information is not intended to be taken as medical advice. And in this episode, I may talk about mature topics. Keep that in mind if you have little ears around. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So I was requested to do an episode on how hormone imbalances affect high sex drives. So a high sex drive can also be like a high libido, um, hypersexual, or compulsive sexual behavior. So it's where you can't control, what I'm talking about is where you can't control your sexual desire. Often you feel out of control and it can sometimes often be dependent on stress or anger, kind of an outlet for your negative emotions, I guess. And like a way to feel better. And often, so often going to it, yeah, in stress or in anger. And feeling out of control. Feeling more so like that is controlling you and you're not able to say no to it. And it's just kind of controlling your life. So often it can be seen as a sexual addiction. So if you feel out of control with your sexual desire, this might be something you want to look into. So it can, I'm going to cover a bunch of stuff that I learned about it. So it can affect like, or something that can affect it would be like the neurotransmitter imbalances. So some things I'm going to talk about can affect like a low libido and a high libido. And I'm going to like do one specifically for high libido and then I'm going to do another episode on a low libido. Just if you specifically have one thing then you can um, be able to focus on that one more, right? So it's less confusing. So yeah, neurotransmitter imbalance and like high chemicals. Um, so like if the neurotransmitter... It's kind of like dopamine and serotonin and neuropinephrine. They regulate the mood. So I'm not sure if I fully understand, but I know often people who struggle with depression can often... um, Well, it kind of goes both ways. Some people who struggle with depression struggle with a high sex drive because of the cycle of kind of getting um, a happy feeling from the pleasure and then um then they don't feel good after because like i guess they crash right and then it's the cycle of constantly looking for a high so that would be kind of like an addiction um and also could just be because they have like low hormones in that way but i'm not sure if like those hormones can be high and cause Um, problems with the high sex drive as well so I'm not sure exactly how the relationship with that is but I know the one with depression more so I'll focus more on that. A lot of people believe that hypersexual disorder is linked to oxytocin so like a higher level of oxytocin in the brain. It can also be caused by medication so if you're taking medication um, I think a big one is certain ones that affect Um, like dopamine agonist medications. So like ones that, some that could be used for Parkinson's disease. 
Also, like health conditions can cause that, like brain damage. If it's if your if brain damage was affected in the area that um, controls the or affects the sexual behavior. So um, hypersexual disorders goes along with many mental health issues. And even some people were saying that if people were abused as a child, or if they had like a um, trauma or stuff from when they were a child, then sometimes that can actually play a role in the um, compulsive sexual behavior. But also hormone imbalances, both men and women can experience this. So things that can affect it are like age, hormone levels, stress, and stress levels um, can be like relationships and just stress in general in your life. It could be fatigue, um, your health, um, could be the way you're thinking, and it could be medication. So levels of testosterone or estrogen, depression, or yeah, again, just the way you're thinking as well. You can get a hormone um, test, like a blood test to check. I have heard that it can be a little bit trickier, but maybe it's more trickier for women because you have to um, go in certain times of the month to be able to know better. It's not something you just randomly do, but I'm not sure if I, I don't fully understand that. So go find someone who does and um, you can totally get tested for that. So I might jump around a little bit, but apparently for diet, licorice can lower testosterone and as well as soy for in men can lower testosterone. I'm not really for soy. I've heard a lot of things that it's not good for your health and I know there's a lot of contradictions, but in my opinion, I would avoid soy. Um, so a diet kind of rich in like a Mediterranean diet, apparently some people who are on that diet had a lower um, sexual des um, desire and sex drive. And it's really good for your health, so it's not like you're taking medication to suppress it or to raise it. So nu nutritional deficiencies can cause a low or high sex drive, which then also can affect like sexual function. I mean, again, I was saying before, past hurts can trigger um, sexual, I guess, desires in a way. So if you go to a therapist, you can get some help for that because sometimes when people don't know what the cause is, it can just be that there was a hurt and you're medicating the hurt. And it'd be really good to look into that so you can heal and get some proper inner healing I will do another podcast on just how to do inner healing and if you want to do it personally by yourself, but I highly recommend talking to people as well. It's very important because I believe God made us for community. So there are drugs that can increase or decrease sex drives like I was saying before, but I believe it they're not good for your health and often our body is trying to tell us there's a problem and we should be looking for it. So for the gut health, it gets rid of excess estrogen. You want to really, like, often the gut health can affect hormones. And you want to get rid of that excess estrogen. Sometimes it can be circulating through your body. And just causing some harmful things, like it can cause, um, often like with breast cancer, patients will go on like 
estrogen suppressants, which can help with that. So it's important to help um, just improve your gut health because it can really, like there's, a, there's been seen to be a relationship between the gut health and the brain health. And some people say it's like a second brain. And I'd recommend listening to my probiotics and gut health podcast. And probiotics can help with the mood, which can also help with um, depression. Can even help with acne or like hormonal acne. So hormone imbalances really affect the mood. There are a lot of different types of supplements that can help um, men to cleanse and just get rid of excess estrogen from the body and support like the um, a healthy balance of hormones like testosterone levels. And for women, there are lots of supplements as well um, for balancing estrogen and progesterone levels. So increase probiotics and prebiotic rich foods in your diet and like repair your gut. So probiotics um, would just be kind of like um, dairy, yogurt, and prebiotics would just be foods that kind of feed the probiotics, the good bacteria. So like fiber rich foods. And often probiotics can have prebiotics in them. So testosterone increases with stress, um, causing a higher sex drive. And this is apparently seen in women and men. So more likely to struggle with um, just the sexual compulsions, I guess. And there was, I think, a study done that women were more likely to not want to um, have sex with their partner, but to find sexual pleasure in their own way with the increased testosterone. And some estrogen increases the sex drive. I have heard of some people, though, when they have a hormone imbalance, that um, they actually got an increased sex drive when their hormones balanced out and like their estrogen decreased and their progesterone increased. But, but estrogen is very responsible for like the wetness and lubrication and stuff. So when someone has excess estrogen kind of circulating in their body, when their body, um, I guess with um, bad gut health and other deficiencies, your body isn't able to get rid of excess estrogen. And then that can actually cause a progesterone deficiency or a low progesterone. So what that looks like is if you have high estrogen, then your progesterone could be normal, but it is still technically low because it's lower than the estrogen. Therefore, you will see um, low progesterone symptoms and um, estrogen dominance symptoms. So what would fix that is actually getting rid of that excess estrogen and then you wouldn't need to take more progesterone. But often people will um, just take more progesterone so it's more so it kind of balances it, balances it out but then you have a lot of both of them. So estrogen is in both men and women. And they play an important role um, in like sexual and re reproductive development for men and women. 
So for women, it would be the ovaries. Um, they're mostly, like, estrogen mostly plays a part in that. And as well as for the adrenals and fat cells. So estrogen can stay in the original form and convert to another form in the liver or into a beneficial or harmful um, metabolite, which is like a breakdown product. So there's like three different types of estrogen and they kind of vary in um, the way they act with the receptors, making them <clears throat> weak or um, really like powerful. So the different kind would be estriol, which um, some people call E3, which is weak estrogen. Um, estrone, which is E1. Estradiol, which is E2, which is a stronger estrogen. And it can be converted into any of the other estrogens. So progesterone um, is a hormone that the body can use to actually make other kinds of hormones. So estrogen and progesterone, they work together. And um, if estrogen is too low, um, then progesterone will actually become estrogen like it'll create more estrogen so too much estrogen creates a need for more progesterone so then there becomes the progesterone deficiency I was talking about and what I have found some people believe that with a low progesterone you actually won't get a period and you won't get cycles but there are many people who still get periods with extremely low progesterone and then it becomes undiagnosed and they struggle with infertility because they believe that their cycles are still good because they're regular and they actually aren't ovulating or um, they just have problems in that area, but they believe their cycles are normal. So things that can cause um, estrogen dominance is um, liver problems. So like if the liver is like overworking, it won't be able to convert and like detox the body and get rid of extra estrogen. So then also if you're overweight, cell stores, um, cells store the estrogen and create the estrogen, I believe. Um, stress and like um, the adrenals. So cortisol, which is the stress hormone, competes with progesterone um, for the receptor sites, apparently. So adrenals will convert progesterone to cortisol even during stress. Insomnia, which is like not being able to sleep. And often you'll have a decrease in melatonin, which very often um, 
kind of, I guess you could say, fights against or is against um, estrogen. And poor di digestion. So a dysbiosis or like a bad balance in the gut and food sensitivities and just having problems going to the bathroom. So in that way, you would want to take a probiotic. Also, candida can affect with depression and um, candida produces estrogen kind of in a way and um, sorry, and so then it's a little bit more, like you want to get rid of the candida to help your body to get better. Because candida kind of, I guess, promotes estrogen to cycle through the body more and you want to get rid of that extra estrogen. You don't want it just circulating in your body. That can cause a lot of problems. So having a bad diet or deficiencies, nutrient deficiencies, um, so like, I think I said this in a different one, but high caffeine or like even a lot of alcohol, those things raise the estrogen. So you want to decrease that as much as possible. So blood sugar imbalance. So you want to lower your sugar intake. That means bad sugars. In my opinion, stevia and fruit are not bad So high insulin affects the sex hormone production. It can lead to fat and cause fatty deposits in the liver. Also, um, taking birth control. That is something that can affect that. Um, even some tap water. Just places where there are chemicals and even animal products. Um, hygiene products and foods. Um, smoking, pollution, estrogens like exenoestrogens, um, pesticides, birth control. Um, so like a microwave or like plastics, you want to kind of minimize all of that. So like the exenoestrogen is like kind of like a mimicking hormone that like kind of pretends to be estrogen um, um, from chemicals in plastics and um, agriculture stuff and just industrial or other like chemicals, a lot in chemicals even cosmetics and cleaning products. So you want to be careful with the stuff that you're buying for cleaning your house as well. And the stuff you're putting on your skin because so many times we can think that we're just putting it on the outside. But your body absorbs it and takes it in. So you want to be careful what you're putting on your skin. So these things can um, just increase the estrogen production or even mess with estrogen receptors and then causing an imbalance. So often a lot of the time with es uh, with sorry, hormone imbalances, often people who struggled with compulsive sexual um, 
problems. <laughs> there is often a higher level of the stress hormone, which is cortisol. And many people who struggle with it, like I said before, have childhood traumas and struggle with depression. So some people do physical things to help them um, when they're struggling with unwanted sexual desire. Some change what they are doing. So like if they're just sitting and, I don't know, <laughs> sitting on a couch and whatever, um, they'll get up and go for a walk. They'll like physically change where they are or physically change what they're doing to change their mindset. <clears throat> um, a cold shower. Instead of taking a warm one, it kind of can turn off the body. So that that is something that some people do. Or even going for a run, like exercising. Or call a friend. Call someone. It could even be an accountability partner. So testosterone apparently even converts to estrogen in males um, during like sexual arousal. So another thing that you can do to help with a high sex drive is take magnesium. It regulates the hormones, gets rid of excess estrogen, and brings hormones to a normal level. As well as vitamin D. That one really, I have a podcast on it, so vitamin D um, really regulates all the hormones in the body and really is, it affects reproductive hormones. And vitamin C and B vitamins. They're all very important for properly, for the proper conversion of the nutrients and all those pathways. Some people do a detox for extra hormones just to clean out their body and then um, just start eating healthier or just doing things differently to clean out their body because Often we can be holding on to so many toxins that are affecting our body in a really bad way. And excess like toxins can cause depression and just mood problems. Some people switch to eating organic because of the pesticides. And they find that that actually helps with their hormones. So I was talking about how um, serotonin and dopamine were affected. And actually, if you listen to my magnesium podcast, I talk about how magnesium actually regulates those. So serotonin is like the happy hormone. And it can be linked to a low mood. If you have low serotonin. And dopamine is linked, low dopamine, sorry, is linked to a low motivation to do things. So before I was talking about some people just get up and go do something, go for a walk or go for a run, because exercise is seen to release endorphins, which can help you to feel better. Even going for a massage just to detox to like, um, some people do like lymphatic drainage system massages. Or you can go for like an acupuncture just to get all of the toxins out of your body. And it's a nice, fun way to do it as well. So some people will eat flaxseed, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, red grapes, and whole grains. 
Those have been seen to decrease estrogen and just kind of balance the hormones more. So yes, minimize toxins and decrease inflammation. That is very important. So you can take omega-3 fatty acids like fish oil to decrease inflammation and support cellular neurological function. So I was on an anti-inflammatory diet when I had Lyme disease because Lyme disease really can cause hormone imbalances and just um, horrible problems in your body and cause inflammation. So it's very important then as well to decrease your inflammation in your body and that helps with decreasing the symptoms. So for an anti-inflammatory diet, you want meats that aren't like protein that are not processed. So they very so for this diet it was very recommended to do more organic. And to be very honest, I don't do organic all the time. I try to, but it is fairly expensive, so I just do what I feel like doing in the moment. <laughs> so like organic grass-fed cuts are good, um chicken, turkey, beef, pork, lamb, venison, pasture eggs, and wild game. And seafood, um, wild, caught only. Salmon, cod, tuna, skipjack, in moderation, so tuna in moderation. Crab, shrimp, lobster, sardines, oysters, and other fish seafood not listed. So just saying that this food list, I actually got it from LimeStop where I got treated for my Lyme disease. Vegetables and fruits that are organic, <clears throat> frozen or fresh. So leafy greens, asparagus, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, celery, collards, gar garlic, kale, lettuce, spinach, mushrooms, onions, parsley, radish, seaweed, sweet potatoes, and yams. And fruits, berries, blueberries, strawberries, apples, bananas, pears, watermelon, grapefruit, cantaloupe, oranges, lemons, and limes. So foods that are like fats and spices, organic and raw, would be avocado, olive oil, olives, coconut oil, almonds, walnuts, pecans, macadamia nuts, pine nuts, Brazil nuts, pistachios, pumpkin seeds, other raw nuts, almond butter, ghee, organic grass pasture butter, organic valley pasture butter or Kerrygold butter are options. All spices are acceptable. Coconut aminos are a good substitute for soy sauce. Dressing mayo options would be Primal Kitchen and Stevia only for a sweetener. Noodle options would be Miracle Noodles. So I know that's a big list, but I wanted to list it to help you to be able to know what could be an anti-inflammatory diet. Often it is for some people, it's less red meat and no sugar, which is, I was on no sugar. And I'll actually list what I wasn't on. But I liked that they gave a list of what you can have. Because sometimes when you just have a list of what you can't have, that is very hard. So, um, if you are solanine, I'm sorry, I probably messed that up, intolerance. If you have that type of intolerance. 
Um, you don't want to have any nightshades, which is tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, and eggplants. And before I was treated, I actually went on a nightshade diet. So getting eliminating those. So no wheat, barley, rye, bread, pasta, bagel, cereal, oatmeal, chips, desserts, sodas, processed food, or sugar. Low to no sugar and no soy products. No dairy except butter or ghee. No diet products, MSG, aspartame, Splenda, etc. Protein should be low to moderate amounts. One gram to 1.5 grams slash kilograms of body weight. No alcohol or caffeine for three months. If you are hungry, eat more healthy fats. So for me, I actually continued having a lot of dairy because it didn't bother me. And um, I actually just wanted to continue. But for some people, though, an intolerance to that will cause more inflammation. So you should avoid that. And for me, it didn't actually cause more inflammation. But doing the rest of the diet was really helpful for me. So inflammation can be caused by poor diet and gut health. So it can be from ex excess alcohol, caffeine, or food sensitivities, processed refined artificial foods, and sugars and trans fats, and an imbalance of omega-6 and 3. So omega-6 ones you kind of want to avoid, that'll cause inflammation, but omega-3 decreases inflammation. So you want more omega-3s, so kind of like fish and stuff, um, but you want I would prefer to not have ones with lots of mercury in them. But you can take supplements with omega-3 in them, and I'm not a person that really likes eating a lot of fish, so I do that. So a lot of problems can actually happen in the gut with a lot of this. So with like hormonal imbalances like thyroid, estrogen, and progesterone, that can cause inflammation as well. An imbalanced blood sugar and insulin resistance can cause inflammation as well. So you really want to deal with inflammation because it can cause long-term problems. And sugar can cause inflammation as well. So I would start with sugar because sometimes it can be overwhelming to do a full-on diet. So start with sugar. So one supplement I heard GABA actually can help with acute stress and nervousness. So some people who are actually deficient in GABA will crave alcohol. Of course, not all the time, but often that can happen. So actually fiber ensures the proper elimination and the balance of blood sugar. Enzymes also help to absorb nutrients and a good quality multivitamin with high absorb absorbing vitamins and minerals in them and other good stuff in there. And often zinc and iron deficiencies, because they regulate serotonin and dopamine, um, can, like a deficiency can cause problems in the serotonin and dopamine. So you want to make sure you check into that if that's a problem. Protein and amino acids are very important for making the neurotransmitters. Antioxidants, they protect cells. Omega fatty acids, like I was talking about before, omega-3s, 
You want them to be in high in EPA. They improve the neurotra neurotransmitters, the receptors, and mood. So if you're struggling with a hormone imbalance, you want to deal with the adrenal support. You want something for adrenal support. You want thyroid support and probiotics and a liver support. So I actually forgot to mention, what does it look like to have a hormone imbalance? So often a hormone imbalance is from stress and you can crave lots of um, salt, sugar, and caffeine, which is often like a lot of people crave that before their period, which can be like a symptom of like PMS, which also can be, PMS can be a sign of a hormone imbalance as well. Um, heavier, irregular periods, fibroids or endometriosis, breast pain, and if you're taking um, birth control, infertility or miscarriages, thin, brittle nails, dry skin, weight gain that, gain that came on quickly and is hard to lose, cold hands and feet, so that can be to do with the thyroid. And feeling easily overwhelmed and unable to handle stress, so that is to do with the adrenals. Blood sugar imbalance. So that would be something you want to deal with with the gut. Joint pain often can be related to an estrogen imbalance or something about the thyroid and even headaches. There's a lot of things that can uh, show a hormone imbalance. For women, it can often be very noticeable because of menstrual cycles um, with the period or like painful periods or ovulation. For men, it can be um, sex drive or um, other things as well for them like hair growth. And even for women, hair, excess hair growth can be a symptom of a hormone imbalance as well, like for um, like the chin or upper lip, that can be like something you want, um, like for thyroid support, I believe, and possibly, or for sure, just getting rid of that excess estrogen and like a um, something to help with the cycles to regulate them and with that would be balancing out the hormones and there's a lot of different types of supplements for that. One I really have heard of is by Lorna um, Vanderhoek. I can't say her last name but it ends with a V and I'll put it in the notes. So for a low thyroid it can cause hair loss headaches, dizziness, and like so, slow pulse, um, slow metabolism, sudden change in personality, and just a bunch of other stuff. And that can if, like that's to do with hormones as well. So that's something you could look into as well. But a big thing is diet. Diet is very important. But often diet alone, we can't get all the nutrients that we need. Like magnesium, often people won't get enough, and vitamin D, we won't get enough. So those are things you often want to supplement, and even omega-3.
and probiotics are always good. So those are the main ones I would recommend taking just for overall health and balancing out those hormones. So yeah, I hope this was helpful for you guys and um, I hope it covered the, the deficiency side of a hormone imbalance that can cause, that can affect a high sex drive. And I hope that's helpful for you guys and yeah, have a great day and see you next time. Bye.